Welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training, and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services and also information on our forthcoming events. For now though, let's get on with the show. Welcome to this week's episode. This week I'm talking to Steve Jones of Skills for Business Training. Steve is an employee engagement expert who works with businesses and organisations to help them become employers of choice. I've known Steve for many years, having first worked with him to improve the employee engagement at Inspire. I've really come to value his knowledge and expertise around establishing and maintaining company values and motivating and retaining staff. Consequently, I wanted to sit down with Steve to get his views on the changing landscape of recruitment and how remote work has forever altered the ways we keep our teams connected and engaged. I was also keen to hear his views on the great resignation. You'll hear more about that during the course of the podcast and how to attract and keep talent. Steve also talks about his four core principles around engaging managers, integrity, employee voice and strategic narrative as well as revealing his eight actions an organisation should take if they want to stand out from the crowd. I really hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome, Steve, to the Evolve Succeed podcast. Yeah, hi, Warren. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to have you on the podcast, and you are an employee engagement expert. Um, So we're going to talk about all things employee engagement, particularly in everything that's happening in the world at the moment. And I know you're gonna you've got some interesting kind of insights into what is happening out there. But just for our listeners, perhaps give them a little bit of your background and why you're such an expert at employee engagement. Okay, I kind of fell into it, Warren, to be honest with you, because my background, as you know, is health and fitness management. So I was with Fitness First PLC when we started with one club on the south coast. We became the largest independent health club chain in the world. We did it all in seven years, went through the aim, the full listing. So made lots of mistakes and did lots of things right. <clears throat> I left when the city got hold of it and it was a little bit too um, too corporate for me. Um, my salespeople reporting every 15 minutes so they couldn't do their jobs um, and everybody's scared of the city. So yeah. it, it didn't have that entrepreneurial feel anymore for me and it wasn't really about the client anymore. It was about the city. So I left, um, didn't do anything for six months, and then I got approached by an international coaching organisation called Sherlaws, Australian outfit that came to the UK. They specialise in SME growth. Spent three years with them with my clients working on fast growth businesses. But uh, in that journey, I discovered that the thing that was probably pivotal that was missing was um, the fact that yeah, they were growing these companies fast, but you couldn't really grow them because the people, the people issues, because they couldn't attract talent or keep talent. So mm-hmm. I, I, I stepped sideways, um, looked at the employee engagement issues. I didn't know it was employee engagement at the time. I just knew it was kind of like leadership and, and motivational issues and started working with companies to get their people right so they get their productivity right <clears throat> around their people. 
And uh, the government came knocking about 2010, looking at employee engagement in the UK because it was so poor, asked me to join them in London. So I co-chaired the steering committee for three years. And we looked at organisations that really were harnessing the full potential and capability of their people and why they were different. And they came up with four major things that, that really uh, stood out in those organisations. So I think that's when I met you. I was talking about those kind of issues down mm. at the Vitality Stadium uh, at a Business South meeting when you were in the audience. Yes. Uh, and I think we got together and spent about a year with your leadership team yeah. uh, looking at these issues and your staff. And then you kindly put me into a uh, which was uh, 18 and a half million turnover, second generation business where they were grappling with employee engagement old school and new school and uh we had some success with that and that led absolutely if you remember that led to me being asked to commission and write a book with james sale the founder of motivational maps and then we did the launch in london didn't we up at uh yeah. at covent garden um so that's kind of my journey and, and now typically i spend my time working with companies really to get help them become employers of choice really to make sure that they actually can attract and keep talent therefore they can grow uh, and it's been interesting um, through COVID how the focus on employees has completely changed to looking at the person, not just the employee. Uh, uh, and we've had to embrace home environments, homeschooling, all sorts of things have happened through COVID that has put the focus squarely on people. Uh, and then there's been a challenge around that because people have been resigning. Uh, there's been the war on talent, which we've had. Um, and there's been organisations that have had to completely change what they do. So yeah. it's really Products. been about people. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose that thing about keeping and attracting talent in this market, you know, post the pandemic is is the key one. And I'm sure we'll discuss that in detail in a moment. But, you know, you touched on it. And actually, it was one of the things that hit home with me when we first worked together, Steve, and the things you did for us at Inspire when we you know, ended up with devising our essence, our spirit yeah. and our beliefs that, you know, transformed us as a business was those four core principles, you know, around engaging managers, the integrity, the employee voice and a strategic narrative. Yeah. So perhaps we should just explore that in a bit more detail, Steve, you know, what, what we mean by all four of those things. So yeah. do you mind if I just pick, let's talk about uh, the strategic narrative piece. Yeah, well, it's really interesting because we looked at a lot of a full range of businesses across uh, SME to corporate. But one of the things that stood out was um, that these organisations were really good, had a clear story and a clear vision. So they understood where they came from, where they are now and where they were going. Uh, and they had a really good story about why they, you know, the essence, spirit and belief that you talked about. Mm. You know, they really understood why they existed and, and what their purpose was. Um, and I think SMEs are so, so bad at, at telling their story. They've got such great stories. They started in back bedrooms. They do, you know, they, they did started these their businesses for key reasons, um, but they don't, they forget to tell their story. As they get busy, they forget to tell it. You know, new staff come in, they don't know the story uh, and it gets and, lost. Yeah. And it does get lost through that growth phase, doesn't it? Because, mm. and I remember this personally, is those first early years, you've got a handful of people around you that are really engaged with you. They've shared the story. They know why the business started. They understand that entrepreneur's passion and the founder's passion. Yeah. But as it grows, that dissipates, doesn't it? And and if you're not careful, you lose that narrative, don't you? Yeah. And it's it's key for the staff. But it's also key for the customers. You know, customers want to know who you are as well. Mm. They can buy your service anywhere. So they really want to know, you know, why does your business exist? You know? Yeah. And you'll know. Why, why do I trade with you? Why, why choose you rather than a corporate? Yeah. 
and it's not on people's websites. They don't tend to tell their story. You know, it's not part of their induction process. It's not part of their recruitment process. But it's a key attraction for for people joining organisations to understand why that organisation exists and what it, you know and why it does what it does. Yeah, definitely. And once you've got that strategic narrative, you know, perhaps we should talk about that and kind of engaging managers. What do you mean by that as a core principle? Well, it's really interesting with engaging managers because uh, most of us fall into managerial roles and most of business owners we do. fall into being on, you know, being business owners. Uh, and it's not really their skill set. They don't really enjoy it. And, they, and they've never been taught how to lead and manage. So typically uh, they base all their leadership management skills on, on their experience of being managed and led. And that's yeah. either going to be good or bad. Uh, and you know you know a good manager when you see one but the, and the other thing with businesses is that if you ask let's say you ask someone like etihad who i'm doing some work with uh, what's what about management they would say well it's part of their job you know that's a key part of their job whereas most um, businesses would say that they would manage staff when they've got time does that make sense yeah so actually and then you get a, across the business you get a, a varying degree of good and bad managers because there's no skill sets given to them you know, they okay. had to take the task on and suddenly manage a team. Without that development and training and support yeah. and probably a definition of what good looks like is what does a good manager look like within that organisation? Because that must differ from organisation to organisation, doesn't it? It does. You know, some some organisations are much easier. But, you know, let's take a salesperson. If you've, got, if you've got a very, very good salesperson and suddenly they, they get promoted, now they're managing a team. That's the last thing they want to do. They don't yeah. manage a team. They're great at sales. Just yeah. leave, leave them alone and get them doing what they're good at and put someone else in there who likes managing people. So it, it is really, and you see it across, you know, you've got old school, new school type of management now, you know, yeah. all the time. You see the command and control versus actually caring about staff and nurturing staff. And you get this, yeah. you can see that in, in one company, let alone across a variety of companies. But that's interesting, isn't it? I'm kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent here, Steve. But Steve, but that kind of command and control, old-fashioned thing, is really looking outdated post pandemic, yeah. isn't it? It is, but it's interesting. But it, it still works in certain areas, in certain businesses. Like it works well in manufacturing, where you know people actually on the shop floor just want to be told what to do and want to work nine to five and go home. So it, you know, it, it's not the best style of leadership by any means. But it still has a place, in your opinion. It's still, okay. It still exists. I wouldn't say it has a place. It still exists. <laughs> okay, there's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm not sure it's it's correct, but actually, you know, some people that's the only way they know. And then we talk about integrity, don't we? As one of the you know four principles number three we'll talk about integrity so what do you mean by that integrity means walking the talk really um it means um having a set of values and beliefs that actually are not just stuck on a wall that you can't remember and when you ask yeah. the md they can't tell you it's about bringing them to life it's about making sure that if you if the customer is king you treat the customer king and you measure that and you and you catch people treating the customer you know, like a king. Um, if you've got things around um, being honest, for instance, then let's see the honesty. Let's let's measure it. Let's, let's have part. Let's put it into our appraisal process. Let's get examples of when people have been honest. Whatever those values are, and I, I think you've got some great values in your organisation, for example. Yeah. Making sure that everybody knows them, everybody lives and breathes them, and everybody believes in them. It's it's that living and breathing, and actually ingraining them again i suppose it's back yeah. to are they ingrained in your induction process Absolutely. your recruitment your induction your appraisal and just how people assess the leaders in the business because i think that's unfortunately where it can fall down isn't it is that you work with the team you come up with these great essence yeah. brilliant beliefs mission vision values whatever you want to call them 
Yeah. And you're right, they get put on a wall and everybody ignores them. But actually it's down. I think it starts from the top. It's the leaders that need to demonstrate those values, yeah. that essence, spirit and beliefs, isn't it? Because if people see the managers, leaders, owners, entrepreneurs of those businesses not following them, then it's a kind of why should I kind of approach. Well, as soon as one of the senior leadership team or the board don't live and breathe those values, it, it collapses like house of cards because actually yeah. if they're not going to do it, we're not going to do it. And they're meaningless. Yeah. Uh, that's why it should be part of your appraisal process, should be you know, ingrained uh, as behaviours in your organisation. Yeah, And there should be consequences and rewards um, for living and breathing them. And have, have you seen some good examples of those consequences and rewards? Because that's quite an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. So, so yeah, you, you, you do. Um, it's, it's the say do thing, isn't it? It's, you know, um, yeah. we say it, but we don't do it. And you can see that, you know, like treating staff fairly, but they don't. They have their favourites. Uh, yeah. We'll be a good example, you know, that happens. Uh, and that's yeah. human nature. But you've got to be mindful, actually. You know, uh, we have a listening culture, but they don't listen. It's an open door. Uh, it's an open door policy for good news only, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's, there, there isn't this real genuine listening going on. Yeah, perfect. And then the final piece and the final number four is employee voice, isn't it? So, yeah, employee voice as well. You know, Richard Branson would tell you he employs people so they can tell him what to do, not the other way around. And it's having that philosophy in your business where actually you're employing great people who do great work. Listen to them. They know what the, ch the challenges are in their roles. They know what the challenges are with the clients. If you're not cascading messages upwards through your organization, it's just cascading downwards all the time then these people are not going to get listened to and people like to be listened to and heard and they've got value to bring to the organization and you're missing genuine pearls of wisdom from these individuals that are at the cold face that know the situation and but that can be difficult can't it for the owner manager the entrepreneur because typically they're very assertive strong personalities and maybe controlling in nature there's, there's several things here they're usually very fast paced so you know entrepreneurs have lots of ideas and they want the next thing to come through the down the tube um so they're always coming up with new ideas and cascading stuff down and the staff don't know why they don't know why they're doing it but the the, the entrepreneur wakes up with another idea every morning doesn't he you know what yeah. it's like uh, and it's they, a new thing <laughs> and, and it's great and they love it and it should be great but staff then resist because they don't understand why and they're not involved in the decision making yeah. and when you think you, uh, in terms of transformational programs it's really interesting because actually you should really have your naysay because leadership teams are usually fast-paced gung-ho and we're going somewhere where staff are less they're, they're more i like it as it is we don't need we don't like a lot of change so you've got a, yeah. a mismatch so you've really got to bring some of those naysayers you know those awkward buggers that actually question why you're doing stuff bring them into the transformation teams because then they'll see the rocks ahead they'll see the problems and then when you come up with your plan of action actually it's well thought through rather than a bunch yeah. of leaders that think we're going to conquer the world and haven't realized that we've got no money to do it yeah. because they haven't spoken to the accountant um that kind of stuff and that's really interesting because that brings into and it was one of the things that it took years and years and years for me to understand and again it was probably just from a discussion with you um around that kind of subject is that's where having a good change management process and understanding the change management yeah. curve yeah that we all go through and that we all go through that at a different pace yeah. change the way i manage and led the business well you know you know we've got a workbook on that in involved yeah. we? and it's a fantastic workbook it makes you think about how change occurs the emotional roller coaster of change why people resist and why some people just love it um and actually getting to getting to a system and a process where actually you can 
bring change and you can manage change because uh, everybody's buying into it. And when everybody buys into it, it's it's seamless. It's easy. They're on the journey with you. Perfect. That's a great summary there, uh, Steve. So thank you for sharing that with us around those four core principles. And I think you know, businesses that think about those four things and get that right can definitely enhance their engagement. But we should really talk about what's happening out there right now. And you touched on that in your introduction, uh, Steve. But what are you seeing as the key you know, is there two or three key topics that we should explore around employee engagement and what's happening in the marketplace right now? Well, you, you'll know because you're in the marketplace with me right now. The biggest challenge for start is getting staff, getting quali good quality yeah. talent into the organisation. So, so there's a war on talent going on right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and it's so, you know, I've got companies that cannot grow at the moment simply because they cannot get the staff to grow. Um, so it begs the question... Um, and there's, there's several reasons for that. One is the great resignation where people actually don't want to come back into the workplace. They've been they've been furloughed. They've, they've seen uh, they sat at home. They've had a bit of quality of life. They have found other things to do and they don't want to be on a train to London, for example, for two hours and two hours back. Right. Or they don't want to do the, the 90 hour weeks that a middle manager typically does. So you can kind of see um, what's going on and why people are reluctant to come back into because they've kind of had a, a wake up call, I suppose from their routine uh, and that's a real challenge because it's, there's not a lot of talent around and but there is but people how do we get them back into the workplace is the real key uh, and the other thing is that organizations have pivoted out have changed uh, and actually we've got to look at the motivations of individuals to see whether they fit uh, in and give them new skills in order that they can actually pivot with the organization yeah that's true that's a really good one isn't it that kind of you know pivoting most businesses have pivoted in some way in the way in which they deliver their services or the services they actually or the products they deliver have changed slightly but definitely routes to market and all of those things have changed and yeah they've got to take their people with them haven't they yeah um and not leave them behind yeah and looking at you know who's best suited to do that is maybe not the person who was doing the, the previous role uh, in yeah. a different in a different way and that war on talent and the great resignation, two great terms and ones that I resonate with me, but resonate with the clients that we work with as well, as you say. Um, you know, how can how should a business be thinking about employee engagement to conquer some of those challenges around the war on talent and the great resignation? Yes, it's a great question. So I think you've got to start to learn how to be attractive. You've got to start to learn how to be attractive to those individuals and stand out. Uh, yeah. from other organizations that do what you do because there's look you know it's a saturated marketplace uh, so how do you stand out and one you know I, I picked up eight things I think that organizations should do and I put it into a wheel as we know um, so it's really have a great story you know you want a really good story I told you my story when I started I could have just said I used to work for fitness first I'm a coach now that yeah would, that would get me nowhere so I built a nice story around who I am and why I do what I do the same yeah. with any organization build a nice story about why you exist and then a clear vision, you know, where are you going to be in the next three years? And that's that's a really interesting one, isn't it? Because I think that's the bit that a lot of businesses are missing because we've had, been through so much turmoil as business owners. Yeah. So much change. And even if you look at the climate out there now, you know, unfortunately, you, you've got the war in Ukraine. You've still got COVID in the background. Yeah. You've got perhaps uncertain political environments in the UK and across the world. That kind of uncertainty means that perhaps as business owners we haven't spent enough time developing our vision 
or how it's or understanding how our vision's changed? Yeah, it, it's quite tough. Um, but I think we you, you do need to sit down, you know, away from the business and think, okay, okay, the landscape's changed. What is our vision for the future? And, and how is it going to be different and, and what does that mean and how do we communicate it because a lot of companies see the leadership teams they'll go away on a strategic day they'll do a, they'll do a, a vision and then and they'll forget to communicate it um, <laughs> you know in their minds it's communicated but it hasn't been communicated um, so one of the key things is have a great story have a clear vision but make sure it's totally communicated throughout the whole organization everybody knows it it's part of your induction process and even actually have it on your website for your clients so they know you know, where's this company going over the next two to three years? It's about defining what, in my terms, I'd say defining what good looks like and then sharing yeah. it and sharing it and sharing it and don't stop sharing it, really. Yeah, and being passionate and proud about it as well, you know. Yeah. This is what we intend to do. This is how we intend to set our stall out and go forward. So it's kind of that. And then that can, that can, that's kind of that strategic narrative. Then you think about, well, have we got engaging managers? Have we got consistency in our, manage, in our managers? Do all managers consistently perform well? Or do have we got managers that are good and bad in our organization? And how do we, we get the standard? And that's about giving them skills about how to lead and manage individuals. So what skills would you really look to define and ensure consistent across an organisation, Steve? Well, it's interesting now because the the term manager is almost dated now. You have to be a coach almost now uh, okay. of your people to bring them with you. So, you know, a serv- it's the servant leadership t- stuff that's been spoken about. And is that a generational change, do you think? Do you think people don't, is this sort of, you know, people don't want to be managed. They want to be coached and developed. Do you think that that is a, you know, we talk about different generations, but do you think it's a generational thing? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think people now expect to be looked after, expect to be involved and expect to be asked, you know, yeah. rather than just barked at, which is the old style, you know. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the old style almost verged on bullying didn't it as well it, and yeah. so that's not going to be acceptable for youngsters coming into the workplace well, it never was acceptable was it it's just unfortunately it became you know in the 80s and early 90s that just became the way it was done yeah yeah so the next thing then would be engaging manager would need a coach made of it motivate and stretch their staff so that's management by walking around listening understanding what's going on and responding to staff uh, and making sure that their ideas are acted upon or listen to and that's a challenge isn't it because you can you can support people and get them walking you know i've I've got this really bad example in my past and won't name the names i won't name the organization but going long back in the past worked for an organization where it was you know the leader of that office was not the most engaging individual used to sit in his office with the door shut didn't do any of that and all of a sudden one day appeared and used to walk the floor and for the next month, he used to do it at nine o'clock on a Monday morning yeah. and four o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. And it happened every week, nine o'clock on a Monday, four o'clock on a Thursday. And it became routine. So it became nearly the joke of the office because yeah. it wasn't real. So you've got to do it with authenticity. Belief. Authenticity. That's a great word, isn't it? Yeah. It has to be authentic. It has to be genuine, not just because actually I've learned this in a book and I'm going to go and try it. Yeah. Um, which is probably what he did. And he probably had. I mean, I'm not, don't know who he was, but he probably didn't have very good interpersonal skills, I'd imagine. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. so you've got that kind of stuff. And then it, it comes back to the next point, which is listening, listening to your staff, um, really understanding their, their situation, you know, walking, putting yourself in their shoes, which is sometimes hard, but they're having to deliver the service. They've got the key thoughts and ideas. Let's, 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 let's listen to them. You know, mm. and a great example, I was working for a company in Portsmouth where, um, 
the MD, <clears throat> we had this listening culture thing going on, and the a cleaner walked into the MD's office and said, "You didn't say you didn't do what you, you said you were going to do." Now the MD, this was this. There are five hundred staff in this organisation. The cleaner walked into the MD's office and said, "You didn't do what you said you're going to do." Now normally they get thrown out. Yeah, you know. Yeah. The MD actually apologised and said, "You're very right. I've been on holiday. I apologise. I'll get it done." Uh, when you get that level of engagement, then you know you yeah. kind of uh, you've got your staff on board, basically. Brilliant, fantastic. And then it kind of the, the final two are, you know, you, you the set of values. How do you arrive at your set of values? You know. I see a lot of people make mistakes here. They just they get a coaching and they just ring all these words and then they end up using these words, which mean nothing. Yeah. So it's how do you get to the heart of the values? They've got to be coming from the business owner and the leadership team, and they've got to believe in them so they can live and breathe them. Otherwise, they're just words. Yeah, and everybody has honesty and integrity, don't they? And yeah. You realise what they've done is yeah ring some words at that point you know and, and there's other ways to describe honesty and integrity which are clearly key to business that reflect that organization yeah, yeah. so you have to be honest and integral see if you're going to do that and you'll be found yeah. out very quickly if you're not so yeah. it's a case of what really you know if i and there's ways of working this out very simply so you can actually get these values sorted and then live and breathe them because actually they've come from you we've covered quite a lot in this conversation so far we've talked about some of the key issues you know the great resignation the pivoting of businesses that world and talent we've talked about what does good look like in terms of employee engagement right now it'd be good to really talk about the first steps an organization should perhaps undertake if they feel like because of those challenges they haven't got engagement you know we've talked about the four core principles we've talked about the eight kind of yeah. the employee engagement were the eight steps which is brilliant and again something you've implemented with us and we've used as evolve within one of the workbooks to support our sort of evolve clients but if i'm a business owner sat here now thinking employee engagement in my organization is really really poor and it's changed because of all of those factors because you know people have been distant from the office they remain distant because they're hybrid weight working what's the one thing that you would tell that business owner he or she to do well we developed the wheel and we, we created a workbook for it didn't we Warren? Uh, yeah. and it's really good uh, if there's one thing you're going to do with your business um sit down and have someone take you through this wheel uh, you'll identify where you're strong and where you're weak and it'll identify areas for improvement and then we can leave you alone but if you wanted to take that further I've developed a course around these eight key things that helps companies become employer choice. But you don't need to do that. If you did the wheel and we took you through the wheel, which is a workbook that Evolve have got, which we developed together, it would identify clearly where you need to put your focus. Uh, and that would be a start point. Fantastic. And I'm keen to understand, you know, it's always good to talk about the theory of these things, Steve, and, you know, the knowledge and the expertise that you've got is immense and and it's, you know, proved you in the this short conversation but have you got any some practical case studies that perhaps you know will bring the subject to life about organizations that have developed great employee engagement yeah so um a couple of spring to mind so i'll tell you a funny story um you know that i'm going to be doing some work with etihad's so th through lockdown we um we took the motivational map which you're familiar with which yeah. helps people you understand what motivates people not their personality but what actually gets them out of bed brings them into work uh, and it used to be a 15 page pdf still is a 15 page pdf but we put it into a dashboard 
Um, and I and I was working with someone who was working with Etihads, and they said, "Oh, they'd be interested in that." So I, had a, I got up on a Sunday morning at seven thirty in the morning, and I had the vice president of Etihads on the line. And he said to me, "Here's my challenge." He said, um, "At seven thirty in the morning, I was struggling to be motivated." <laughs> um, but he said to me, um, "Here's my challenge." He said, "We're probably the richest country in the world, and we've got." the government-sponsored airline, and all my staff, all my Emirati staff, have got private jets and they've got um, Maseratis. How do I motivate them? Yeah, that's a quite a challenge. <laughs> At 7.30 on a Sunday morning to be yeah. posed that question. So I said, but it's quite simple. Neither you or I need to work that out because the tool works it out. So okay. we, we, we've developed this dashboard uh, and we've taken it into Etias and immediately he, he saved three key people from leaving his organization wow. that would have cost him a fortune so he's completely sold on it so we're going out as you, i told you may to, to do some work with him uh, with the uh, etihad's airlines but also more practically in an sme world uh, you you know nigel smith from ellis jones yeah. uh, we've put it into his organization and again when i put it into his organization he worked out who was slowly motivated because we can work that out and he walked around and he drove around and met those people and he again saved two or three staff from leaving yeah simply on that wow. uh, and that's just part of the transformational program that, you know that, that we put into organizations and we get this done we do this every 90 days with their motivation simply because you spot things that going you know it's nothing worse than losing a key member of staff and you hadn't spotted it and suddenly you've lost a talent to your business so this stops that happening because we work out what's going on with their energy what's going on with their motivation and how do we harness it and how do we get out of their way and allow them to be the person they need to be in the organization and that alone and there's action plans around that that we we record and we have accountability around that's that single strategy alone is going to uh, increase productivity in your organization reduce sickness and absenteeism it's going to reduce mental health because people are coming to work because they want to. Mm -hmm. It's that engagement piece, isn't it? And that motivation thing is really key. And I and I know that could be a subject for a whole other podcast. But as we're talking about motivation, I think motivation and understanding an individual's motivation is such a big piece of employee engagement, isn't it, that we haven't yeah. discussed. Perhaps, you know, could you just give our listeners an insight a little bit into what's that motivational good motivational piece looks like and how you know what the motivational factors are for an individual okay so i, I liken it to, to fossil fuel the old style of management was fossil fuel where it's burn and churn and yeah. now we've got renewable energy which is how do you renew the energy of your staff constantly so that's how yeah. motivation it's renewable energy um so how, how it works basically it's very simple it takes 20 minutes to work out uh, through a questionnaire what motivates a member of staff uh, and then uh, we can see well, how much of that motivation is getting satisfied in the organization. Uh, and if it's not getting satisfied, what do we need to do to make sure it does? So people like you and I would be very creative. So we need to have every day been different, lots of innovation, uh, keep us stimulated. So the worst thing you could do is give us routine, boring work to do or load us down with paperwork so we can't be creative. OK, um, Another example would be people like you and I would like freedom and autonomy. That's another trait of an entrepreneur. We love freedom and autonomy. So the worst thing we'd like is someone micromanaging us. Yeah. Immediately that's going to Just kill us overnight, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, you're a purpose-driven person as well. So search is all about purpose. So again, if you couldn't add value in the world because you were bogged down with all the crap of the day-to-day -day running of a business, 
uh, you soon lose your mo mojo, your motivation. Mm. So you can quickly see, but your staff aren't the same. Your staff will be yeah. motivated completely differently. You know, in accountancy practice, like the, the one that you, you you're involved with, uh, Defender would be more prevalent, yeah. and that would be you know I like security, like predictability, don't like change, don't like all like, these ideas that managers keep coming up with and leadership teams keep yeah. coming up with. Leave me to do my thing. Yeah. Leave me to do my thing. Dot the I's, cross the T's. But you need all of these in a team. And, and once you understand these motivations around each individual, you, you remove the conflicts and you create synergies yeah. uh, and ways of working together. And people understand each other. And also the key thing, the manager has a tool now to understand his teams. Yeah. And what motivates them and what they need yeah. to do and how motivated they are. Yeah. That's brilliant, Steve. Steve. Clearly, if our listeners want to learn more about some of the work that we do together around employee engagement, change management, motivation maps, and all of those things that we do together as part of Evolve, they can go to evolvemembers.com, but I'll get in touch with myself for you. But if they want to know a little bit more about you, Steve, and perhaps get access to some of the books that you've written, where can they go to find out more about Steve Jones? Right, so uh, I've got a website, Steve, I can't remember what it is now, uh, it's uh, Skills for Business Training .co.uk so skills off the tongue <laughs> i know it's such a long one isn't it skills business training .co.uk that's um for um but they can get to to me through you i think really so um and also i'm on linkedin so they can find me steve joe is very easy name to find on linkedin yeah there must be there will only be one or two of those won't there? <laughs> sure yeah there's only one mate that's me <laughs> 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 so steve i've really enjoyed our conversation hopefully it's given our listeners a little bit of an insight into employee engagement and some hints and tips about what they can do thank you for being a great guest well thank you for inviting me on it's been great fun as always thanks thank you for listening to the evolve to succeed podcast my hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable informed and inspired individual and business leader if you enjoyed this episode then please help us by rating reviewing and subscribing we really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes and please don't forget to learn more about evolve by going to evolvemembers.com thank you for listening see you next week